They're 2-8-1 for 31st in the NHL. And if the San Jose Sharks didn't exist, they would be dead last in the league. I know that's a stupid comment, but holy, San Jose is really bad. They don't have a win yet this year. But the Edmonton Oilers only have two. You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. That's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. Hello and welcome to episode 188 of the Boys in the Booth podcast. This time, just myself, Chad Melbourne, joined by Casey Abrams. No Harper Cody once again tonight. That guy lives such an interesting life. I'll say that. He's at an Adam Sandler uh, show tonight. He's at a hockey game a couple weeks ago. The guy just does so much during the week. It's insane, man. This guy just lives like three or four separate lives all in one lifetime. It's incredible. But anyway, Casey. How does he do that while he naps five hours a day too? It may, it makes absolutely no sense to me. But Case, how how are you doing, man? Uh pretty good, other than being like absolutely dead inside. Um, oh, that's only because of daylight savings so far. Oh. But like, it, it's dark before I'm done working. And what makes it even worse is my phone sends me a little text like, "Hey, would you like me to turn your office lights on?" I'm like, "Oh, you little." <laughs> It drives me nuts every day, but yeah, uh, you know, not lying, actually pretty good. Just busy time of the year right now, but can't complain. How about you? Yeah, that daylight savings time, you know, that seasonal depression is going to start kicking in pretty soon. I think that's something that all Canadians suffer from, and this year is no different. Let me rant about that a little more. Let's hear it. The thing I hate most about daylight savings time is that three days after, when someone asks you what time it is, and you say, oh, it's three o'clock, and they go, oh, but it actually it's actually four. I'm like, no, <laughs> it's three. It changed. It's three o'clock. <laughs> oh, but it feels like four. No, it's three. And that absolutely drives me insane because it changed but there is research to show that your sleep cycle actually takes sometimes in some cases up to a full week to readjust i get that but you know what doesn't change my work schedule that's that's very true it was nice this time around though and it's like for this time of year when the clocks do change that we get an extra hour of sleep as opposed to having one less hour of sleep yeah. that that is the worst thing possible but yeah seasonal depression is going to start kicking in here pretty soon and uh, if you're a fan of some of the teams we're going to talk about in this episode particularly those whose stock are down uh, maybe it's kicking in even earlier but yeah dude uh, I, before we get into that I'm doing pretty well uh, too it's reading week for me right now so I'm taking a much needed break from uh, the stressors in my life which is great I'm kind of just getting caught up and and uh i'm able to watch a little more hockey which is good um but yeah so you've seen the title of this episode it's stock up stock down we're going to be talking about teams who are uh performing well and performing poorly and we're going to talk about whether we think that stock is going to stay there whether it's up or down or um maybe change so that's a convoluted way to say we're going to look at some teams doing well and some teams doing poorly and talk about them uh but before we do that case i have another mini game favorite segment of the show mini game segment uh still don't have an official title but that's what we're going with uh we will not be playing the mini game that Corey morell has suggested it's Wednesday for him right now. He's listening to this in his work truck, in the postal truck. And uh, sorry again, Corey, but you need to send me a write-up of the game you want us to play with hockey cards because we're excited, but it's it's pretty convoluted. So we need the rules. You need to write them down for us. Um, but here we go, Case. I hope that you brushed up on your Metro Division knowledge because I'm going to need you to name every goalie that you can in the metro division within 30 seconds and your time starts now oh god vanacek schmied uh shesterkin halak quick um freddie anderson ranta uh sorokin varlamov um mers lincoln's that's 10 um 10 seconds left. Jari Nadelkovich. Um, what teams am I? Uh, Arison Hart. That's and- it. That's 30 seconds. Case, you did exceptionally well. That was 14 
I'll have to go back and count, but I'm pretty sure that was 14 in 30 seconds. And if my math is correct, there should be about 16. I guess for a team like Carolina who has the three, there could be a bit more in there. But in terms of starter and backup, there should be about 16. And you got 14 in 30 seconds. I think that was a pretty good job. I think one of two, one or two of those guys haven't haven't uh, played yet, but they're there like halak just halak halak yeah, yeah just right. one just one yeah yeah so there you go you, you did a lot better than harper did last week when <laughs> we were doing the jersey numbers because i don't think he realized that there was a timer even though i told him multiple times so he was just thinking and got distracted a bit for 15 seconds straight i panicked and forgot about what teams were there you don't know how much pressure there is until there's a clock on it, it's really tough i was actually thinking about this game earlier i was like okay how can i how can i stump case when we do this but still keep it easy enough that you can rhyme off a few and so i try to do it to myself okay what about goalies in the metro and i'm like oh shit like what, what teams are in the metro and then i'm like okay like pittsburgh you got your jerry and adult, whatever and then like you start going through it team by team so it's more complicated than you think when you only not once seconds. did washington come to my mind in that whole thing True, Kemper and Lindgren. They yeah, I would have the, them. I just, I just didn't even think about the team. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Imagine if I said goalies in the Pacific would have been a little tougher for sure. Um, but okay, case, great job, great effort. I like the haste and uh, the urgency in your game. That was that was a really great showing, and uh, we'll do more of these mini games going forward. Now into the meat and potatoes of the episode, talking stock up, stock down, which teams are performing well and which teams are performing poorly. Let's start with teams whose stock is up right now. And uh, Case, we'll go to you first. Yeah, I made sure to wear my vest, if you didn't notice, because we're talking stock and I love that stereotype. It's it's hilarious. And I actually uh, <clears throat> got a ticket today speeding in my Beamer as I pulled over the median. Um, but anyways, I got right into it. And when I started to think about kind of stock up and stock down and, and who's where and should they be there is my main thing. I wanted to do an analysis of their stock, not just say it's up and down. I looked at kind of four main indicators to try to judge if a team should be there. This is probably going to be a little statistic heavy, and I apologize for that if you're not into it, but a lot of people are starting to go the way of advanced analytics, and I am definitely one of those people. So my four main indicators that I looked at is expected goals for and against, the start of their stars, shooting percentage, and save percentage slash you know, goals saved above expected for their goalies. And I'll start off on a positive note and talk about with a team that stock is way up, and that is the LA Kings. Mm. So right away, I'll get into kind of, you know, where their stock is, is fifth in the league. We did not expect that necessarily. We had them as a playoff team, but we didn't expect them to be seven, two and two. So should their stock stay there? Should you be selling? Should you be buying? What's the situation? Well, when you look at goals for and against, LA currently has a goal percentage of 60% in their games and an expected goal percentage of 57.43. So they're kind of just slightly above where they should expect to be, which again tells me that they're playing to their capabilities at the moment. When you look at the stars, Kempe, Fiala, Kopitar, they're all at or above a point per game. Byfield has 10 and 11. Deneau has seven. Doughty and PLD are at six. So maybe you can say that that's a slow start for the two of them, but like I'm not worried about them. And when you look at goals above expected for their stars, there's actually action on both sides of the spectrum, which again tells me this is the way they should be. Uh, Doughty and Kopitar have scored more than they should ex expect at 2.9 and 2.6, respectively. But Fiala should be scoring even more. And the same with Kempe and Dubois at minus 2.3 for Fiala and minus 1.4 for Kempe and PLD. So the stars have shown up and they're playing well. Their shooting percentage is relatively high at 11.91% uh, to start the season. You expect a lot of teams to be pretty high, but 11.91% is above the Seattle Kraken where they ended the year last year, top of the league with 10.91, I think, or 10.9 something. But the fact that their expected goals percent or expected goals aren't off the chart because of this paints a better picture than the shooting percentage itself. Uh, save percentage shows that they could actually improve here 
And yet again, maybe that balances out their own shooting percentage in terms of projecting wins overall. And their shooting percent or save percentage is at 90.22%, which has them 24th in the league. Uh, it's been a, two very different stories in that so far between Copley and Talbot. Copley having a minus 6.3 goal save above expected, which is fourth last out of all goalies who have played a minute. Oof. That's tough. Um, Talbot having a 6.6 saved above expected is fifth best in the league. So they kind of even each other out right now. You should expect Talbot to be getting the nod way more often than not for the rest of the year uh, due to these stats. But just looking at this team and how they've started off fifth in the league, 7-2-2, two, and two, again, it's not what we expected but because it's above where they're expected. But the stats don't lie. This is where they should be. Expect them to stay near the top of the table, especially in the West, as many teams seem to be struggling out there. Yeah, well, that's a good point to finish it off with, because that's what I was thinking the whole time. You know, maybe L.A. is the team that will benefit the most from Calgary and Edmonton stumbling so hard out of the gate because both of those teams have barely won any games. And L.A. has has been a team taking advantage of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you mentioned goaltending as well, because <clears throat> that was something I was looking into, mind you, for more fantasy uh, relevancy, just looking at that tandem in net, because Talbot and Copley going into the season as a tandem wasn't ranked near the top for a lot of people, including myself, but we knew that they played behind a pretty good team. So it's interesting to see that Talbot is the guy right now who's sort of taken starts and, and run with them playing nine games so far. Um, and it's interesting as well to see that Copley, who you know was really good last year, especially down the stretch, uh, has really struggled out of the gate. So yeah. interesting to see how those two goalies are have, have started. I would expect both of them to kind of regress a little bit towards the mean but um i don't think goaltending is going to be as big of an issue as we thought going into the this year anyways for la yeah i know that in our fantasy league lvb he was looking at the two of them and trying to decide which way he should go i think he passed on talbot a little earlier and what ended up taking copley thinking that it's going to be like a 50 50 scenario actually thinking that it might be more like 55 percent copley going into the season a lot of people expected that because mm-hmm. well, talbot was terrible last year yeah, that was the problem exactly and it's been the exact opposite so far this year he's you know an analytics darling at the moment yeah, and, and just when you were talking about the scoring of this team as well, I couldn't believe it. Like when I when I heard you say it, and then also looked it up to confirm. Like Quinton Byfield is out to a great start to the season, and also another player who's been there for a little bit longer, but still on the up and up is Arthur Kaliev, who's had he's, a pretty good start to the season. He's had a good start for sure. Uh, I think they're finally kind of playing Byfield correctly. I guess I'd say. And that they've moved them to the wing and they're playing on a, on a top line. I know he's played, I think, most of the time with Kopitar and Kempe, which is a fantastic first line to have. Kempe has been uh, great for me in fantasy as well, just like he was last year. Easy keeper for me. Um, but Byfield, it's good to see some production out of him and some consistency more than anything. He, he's, he's had little streaks where you think he might finally be unlocking his potential, but... Um, yeah, I think they have him in a good situation now and a good team with a good system. So it's working for him. Uh, Fiala, like I still stand by. I, I wanted him so bad in fantasy because I'm <laughs> expecting some high numbers out of him. And uh, yeah, it's only he started over a point per game so far. Not crazy. I think 12 and 11. But again, he's got his goals up below expected. So expect bet- better things out of Fiala still to come. And speaking of Fiala, this is something that uh, our buddy Kenny from from Data Draft will tell you. He is a notorious second half player. He always has better numbers in the second half of the season. So I don't know what that really boils down to, but the trajectory of his career has followed this same path since the beginning. The second half of the season, he always has better points numbers so that could be a target in fantasy for sure and just going back to byfield the guy's playing 15 minutes a night i think that is the perfect sweet spot for a guy who you know you want to put out there in favorable situations but you still need to play him enough so he's able to make an impact and he is 
Yeah. And I mean, we're talking about this team and haven't even mentioned their power play, which they're currently leading the league in goals in with 33, but their power play is, I think, 17th in the league. So that's mm-hmm. still something that they, you know, from the toolbox that they, they haven't necessarily unlocked that yet. So if they can get their power play clicking as well as their penalty kill has so far this year, this team could be dangerous. It's like, and come playoff time, maybe a cup favorite. For sure. Yeah, I I noticed that too. The power play, I mean, they've got so many weapons on this team. Like, it's not going to be bad for long. Not that it's bad right now. I think it's clicking at like 20% or something. But there are some teams who just absolutely go off on the power play to start the year. The Devils are one. The Leafs are usually another one. Uh, Vancouver's power play is disgusting right now. So, um, But yeah, I, I would expect that to get better for sure. Um, okay, we finished up on the, the LA Kings. Yeah, I'm good. Sports betting has rapidly risen in popularity, and I want to connect you all with an opportunity to get started or to get ahead. Having multiple sportsbook accounts is the most simple way to maximize your profits, and there's never been a better time to sign up. So when you visit our page at signupexpert.com slash boys in the booth, you'll be connected to all the sports books in your region, along with a review of each platform and its unique benefits. All of these sports books have valuable signup offers for new users. And when you register through the link, you will automatically receive the top offer at each one. When you use multiple sports books, you ensure that you can always access the best available odds, which is key to successful sports betting. So if you want to take advantage of these benefits and support our brand in the meantime, please consider signing up for your next sports book at signupexpert.com slash boys in the booth. This podcast is sponsored by Liquid IV. Whether you're staying active or nursing a hangover, Liquid IV has you covered. Just one stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. And you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code BOYS underscore in underscore the underscore booth at checkout. That's 20% off anything in the store when you use the code BOYS underscore in underscore the underscore booth at checkout. This podcast is sponsored by the best ticket app out there, SeatGeek. SeatGeek takes the confusion out of buying tickets, making it quick and easy to get the best deals on tickets to your favorite sporting events. Plus, Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase on SeatGeek using the promo code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. So click the link in the description down below to download the app, and remember to get your discounted tickets using the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek. Okay, I want to talk about one team now whose stock is also up quite a bit compared to last year and compared to where we expected them to be in the standings at the start of the year. Um, And then I also have an honorable mention who I think we have to touch on as well. But I wanted to talk about the Anaheim Ducks. Their stock is up right now. I'm not saying that they're a playoff team by any means, by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't think they're a lock for uh, to to be a lottery team this year, which is saying something if you're a fan of the Anaheim Ducks, because that's where they've been for the last, you know, five plus years or whatever. They're currently ninth in the NHL right now with a record of seven, four and oh, and they're middle of the pack in a lot of stats a lot of underlying stats which is a really good sign so they're 13th in actual goals for and 14th in actual goals against but they're 14th in goals for above expected as well telling you that nothing crazy is going on with their actual goal scoring they're in the middle of the pack they're scoring about what is to be expected of them lucas dostal has been incredible between the pipes and john gibson has been an above expected goalie as well Both of those guys are getting the job done, which is great to see because we knew that Gibson was good, maybe not as good as as his name leads people to believe because, you know, he's widely considered one of the best goalies in the league. I don't think that's been the case for the last three or so years now, but him and Dostal have been really good in, in a small sample size to start the season. And then you've got the young, talented goal scoring players mason mctavish is incredible to start the year and then you've got some other players like vetrano and strom and of course troy terry who are all above a point per game those four players above or or around i I think terry is just below a point per game 
But all of those guys are playing incredible. Another rookie on the back end who is playing incredible to add to their impressive and really, really scary collection of defensive prospects is uh, Pavel Mintyakov. Eight points in 11 games as a rookie defenseman. Like this guy seemingly came out of nowhere, um, you know, and he's not talked about enough when compared to other prospects, even on his same team, defensive prospects on his same team, you know, like a, a Drysdale or even an Olin Zellweger, guys who are just talked about more. So Mintyakov has been great. Um, and like I said, I don't think they're a top 10 team in the NHL, but at this point, the underlying numbers look pretty good. And I don't think they're a bottom 10 team in the NHL either at the end of this season. The one thing that's working against them right now, and you can look at this in one of two ways, uh, is Trevor Zegras has had a very poor start to the season, only has two points in 11 games played. But the reason I say you can look at this in one of two ways, of course, you can look at that and say, listen, he just got a contract. He needs to score more goals. He's better than this. He's coming off back to back 60 plus point seasons. Um, So you can look at it that way and, and be disappointed. Or you can look at it and say, listen, he's scoring below expected right now. Maybe there's a bit of a slump because of the drawn out contract talks. And maybe it's a good sign that he's not scoring right now because given his track record, he will eventually start scoring. So there's two ways to look at that. But I I just think the Anaheim Ducks stock is through the roof right now based on where we expected it to be uh, coming into the season. I think that when we looked at the preseason rankings, maybe last year or two years ago, I think it's more likely to be two years ago, we said that Anaheim was one or two years, again, behind the trajectory of the New Jersey Devils. And if that's the case, then this makes a lot of sense because, you know, last year, New Jersey finally kicked off this year. They're, you know, expected to be a good team. So maybe this is year that we're expecting Anaheim to kick off. Guys are getting a little bit older. The goaltending is showing up. Not that it hasn't always for them with Gibson in the past. Um, it's funny that when I looked at this two, this team the other day, the two guys that stood out to me the most, you mentioned, uh, one is the rookie defenseman and the other being Dostal because I saw him in fantasy and I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah. Checked him out and he's just a winning machine at the moment. <laughs> like, Yeah, they won like, like four straight or something, did they not? Yeah, they have sure. currently. Yeah. And that's really what's turning around, especially with that big comeback win against Vegas. I think everyone they're on everyone's radar right now because of that. And it's fun to see another young team kind of turning the pages. But uh, yeah, I, I don't really know where to expect them, but I think they are a tweener team at the moment and they, they're going to need a final push, whether that's next year or late this year. When you look at the analytics and kind of the metrics that I mentioned early on, they are kind of hovering around where they're expected minus the expected goals differential. They're they're getting a, a little bit more favorable outcome there. But when it comes to shooting percentage and save percentage, everything has looked fair. It's fair mm-hmm. game where Anaheim is right now. So it's kind of interesting. It's it's a team I have nothing against and I'm also mm-hmm. not like, you know, ever rooting for. So yeah, interested to see where they end up. I, they're a team that I could root for out of teams from from california or even the west in general i could root for them if they got better jerseys their jerseys are just abysmal like just voted the worst by the fans every single year every year but they don't change and they keep teasing bringing back mighty ducks jerseys that closely resemble the original ones but aren't exactly it and it's like guys like stop beating around the bush here just bring back the jerseys that everyone wants i don't even need them to bring back the exact jerseys we want if they take their alternate they're rocking and played with the other night and just stuck with that i'd be fine the purple one like it looks great yeah the the eggplant and uh what do they call their green color they because they call the purple eggplant the eggplant and whatever you guys know the jerseys we're talking about seafoam yeah possibly 
could be. I think that I think Seattle uses that for one of their blues, don't they? Oh, okay. Anyway, could could be. But yeah, I I could cheer for that team if they have better jerseys, but I just can't bring myself to. Um but you know what? This team is headed in the right direction and you know, like like we mentioned in the past, if they're a year or two behind the Devils, then maybe it's next year where they they absolutely shock people. I'm not going to say they're going to make the playoffs this year because I think that would be yeah. silly. That would be premature. There are some good teams in the West, but they're on the up and up, man. And they've got some damn good players who are playing really well right now, aside from Trevor Segris, who needs to kick it into high gear. By the way, with Segris, I, I didn't make a bet, but I was talking to uh, my buddy Nathan at the start of the season, uh, Nate Murray, and I said, you know, watch Zegris get 75 plus points this year, you know, coming off back to back 60 plus point seasons. He's going to get a new contract going to feel really good heading into the year. The team's going to be better. And then nothing through 11 games. It's he has two points. So I don't think he's going to hit 75 plus, but I could still see him clawing his way back to hitting like 50. <laughs> the team or the front office definitely has that that feeling right now. Um, sometimes you feel it with your own team, but, uh, you're like, damn, I wish Seagrass was scoring. But then in the back of their mind, they're like, see, told you, told you, that's why we did the contract the way we did it. That's why we held out. You guys all said, so, you know, they have that in the back of their mind. Like, yeah. Cause you know, they're petty too. the front office, the people who run the front office. Right. So the fact that the team's doing well, definitely allows them to be like, told you. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, Listen, he's a really good player. They're probably pumped that they locked him up because they yeah. know that he's going to command a lot more. You know, like just look at, go look at that 2019 draft class and look at the names in it. After Jack Hughes, Trevor Zegers has the second most points in, in that draft class. So, you know, the likes of, of Cole Caulfield, who's a scoring machine, he got like $8 million or, or whatever. Uh, Matt Boldy got like $7 million and, and both of those guys are behind Zegers in scoring. So, you know, he, he's going to get there. It's just a matter of time, but yeah. slow start for sure. Um, okay, an honorable mention case. Uh, because they're Canadian, we have to talk about them uh, for a team whose stock is up, up, up is the Vancouver Canucks. Like, dude, this team, first of all, is the Edmonton Oilers kryptonite. Like, they own the Edmonton Oilers, as does pretty much everyone else in the league right now. But Thatcher Demko is looking like a Vesna candidate. Uh, Quinn Hughes is looking like a Norris candidate. Elias Pettersson, like you called a couple weeks ago and, and has been getting some good traction on YouTube, is looking like a heart candidate. JT Miller is playing out of his mind. Brock Besser, even guys like Kuzmenko and Mikheyev are having really great starts to the season. So we have to mention Vancouver as a team whose stock is just through the roof right now. Yeah, they're quickly turning into, I, I hate to sound like a you know, a middle schooler here, but quickly turning into my third favorite team in the league. A <laughs> uh, lot of guys I really like in the team and boy, they, they're kind of playing out of their asses right now. I did say that they'd be a playoff team. I feel like I got ostracized a little bit for that, but it's working out so far. I don't know if they're first place in the league. Good, but they're definitely a playoff team. Um, I say that they're playing out of their asses in that I'm looking at their goal differential above expected right now. And they have 11.77 goals for above expected and negative 11.76 goals against above expected. So mm-hmm. maybe they're doing a little better than they should be on both sides of the puck, but they have, like you said, like an absolute stud in every single position that's standing out in every single trophy ranking, at least Vesna, Norris, Hart. So this team's looking really good and I love watching it. Yeah. I, I mean, most goals for in the NHL right now, second fewest goals against in the NHL right now, in all situations, their power play is humming. JT Miller is rank one in our fantasy league right now. Like it's just, it, it, it's unbelievable how well this team has started. Um, but yeah, expect maybe some regression, but this team I think is here to stay. And, you know, 
it, I, I think this stock only continues to go up as the season goes on because I think Rick Tockett has really just changed the whole narrative of this team and the feeling in the dressing room and 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 everything like that. So they were twenty twelve and two to end of the year under Tockett last year. Mm-hmm. And you know, a guy like Demko was unownable in fantasy until the last like twenty games of the season last year after he came back from injury, and now. And, and he was really great down the stretch, and now he's even better. So it's it's and who crazy. has him, Chad? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I I don't, I don't want to talk about it. I I ran Demko for three years straight in my other league, and then the third year he was terrible. So I just I couldn't trust him anymore. But yeah. it looks like Vancouver is is good, and and they're going to continue to be good. But anyways, okay, we good for for stock up. Okay, let's go to the stock down portion of the episode and talk about some teams whose stock has plummeted over the past three weeks or so, four weeks since the NHL season started, almost about almost exactly a month now since the NHL season started. A few teams whose stock is absolutely plummeted. Case, we'll start with you. Yeah, I'm going to talk about a team that it's kind of a statistical anomaly. When I started looking in again and these the same four sort of metrics or or markers that I was looking at, and that's the Pittsburgh Penguins. And ultimately this isn't gonna result in me saying that they are where they should be or they aren't. And it's gonna result in me asking the listeners slash comment section what should we expect from the Pittsburgh Penguins going on and from you, of course. But Pittsburgh Penguins, four and six, that's 27th in the league Yeesh. now i'm going to get in the stats and i want to remind you that the san jose sharks have completely ruined the pittsburgh penguins stat lines yes and it is so skewed now because of that 10 goal game i want to remind you that gensel had four points in that game rust had four Malkin had two, Carlson had two, and a preful of others were scoring at will in that game. It was just a beating again. And Chris Letang, my only fantasy player who I own on that team, had only one. <laughs> of course. Great. So their goal percentage is 58%. Their expected goals percentage is 59.12. It's even, they should expect to score even more goals. Mm-hmm. Their actual goal differential is plus eight in this league. They're fifth in goals four at 29. Um, Their goal differential above expected is negative 0.54. So it's actually not crazy. It's kind of where it should be. Um, Mm -hmm. The stars, definitely not the problem. I did mention a lot of points in that San Jose game, but again, Malkin, Gensel, Crosby, Carlson, Latang, they're all firing on all cylinders and they're on the score sheet most nights add smith and rust into there too yeah only yeah i didn't even mention them only smith and malkin are scoring more than expected on this team and yet they're fifth in goals the shooting percentage is ninth in the league so you know nothing crazy there but it's still higher than it maybe should be in the end and the goaltending has been middle of the road with 18 percent best save percentage and Jari and Nadelkovic are just below zero for goals saved above expected. So why has this team lost six games? Is it the case that the four games they won, they dominated and the six games they lost, they sucked? I don't, I can't track when I was reading the stats here. So I ultimately, if you, you have to eventually look it into your gut when you're thinking about a team like this, because the stats are kind of all over the place. I think that they should be better. I still think that this can be a playoff team. There's so many stars on this team and there's no clearing weaknesses to have them 27th in the league. So I think they're a playoff team, but I'm going to, I'm going to push it now back at you. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I mean, as, as you know, I picked this team to make the playoffs this year. I think Kyle Dubas did a really good job in the offseason sort of restructuring what this team looks like, at least on paper, Um, you know, adding some players who can defend a bit better and adding some sneaky good additions up front like Riley Smith, I thought was an incredible add. So I think on paper, they're certainly a playoff team. 
if if their goaltending holds up, which you've mentioned, it's been pretty much average. All three guys who have played, because Helberg has played a game, all three guys are just slightly below average. Which honestly, for most playoff teams, that's fine. You're gonna get you're gonna get wins. I think really what this boils down to. Actually, actually, let me back up. I, I'm not sure if you mentioned expected goals against in in terms of how how much this team is is allow how many chances per game this team is allowing against. They're currently ranked fifth in the league for expected goals against, which is a good thing. It means that they're playing pretty good defense. And in terms of actual goals against, they're only 14th in the league. So again, they're in the top half. So. All of these metrics, I think what it really boils down to is that San Jose really did skew a lot of these numbers and it's hard to get a read. So I, I don't have an answer for you, Case. I feel like I'm we're, we're in the same boat here. And even when, you know, you told me that you wanted to mention the, the Pittsburgh Penguins in this episode, the, the brief research that I did, I was very confused what to make of this team. Because on the one hand, it seems like, you know, they're a team with the scoring power and the defensive prowess to who, who's going to be able to get some bounces going forward, and it's only a matter of time. But then on the other hand, it's like, well, how have they lost six games and only won four? And, and maybe it's like you said, maybe the games that they did lose, they were just out of it right away and then it didn't matter. And the games that they won... They absolutely dominated like the the 10 goal performance against San Jose. So I I think we're sort of learning on the fly the the problem with a small sample size. Yeah, of course. Or did Crosby start calling his mom on game days? What what do you mean by that? <laughs> That's a he's like a super superstitious guy. And oh, one of his okay. superstitions is he doesn't call his mom on game days because it, he believes it resulted in three injuries, three key, uh, three of his key injuries. So really just like how he made talk it change his suit in playoffs and he has to tape his stick over again if someone touches it. And uh, I think there's some other ones. I don't think he's washed his socks ever or something like that. Oh, or he's still it- wearing the same ones. Isn't it like the same jock or something? Is that him or is that someone else? I think that's that's him. him. So yeah, it's just he's just calling his mom on game days and it's making the penguins lose. Maybe. I I don't know, man. This team, you're right. I think you put it pretty pretty rightly in saying that they're a statistical anomaly. Like I'm not really sure what to make of this team yet. I think that's the beauty of an 82 game season. We just have to see how it plays out. But if I'm putting money on it and 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 looking around this division and and even this conference, I think they have a good enough team to make the playoffs if these performances keep going the way they're going in goal and with their stars. Yeah. And like, let's say, which isn't even fair, you take away all of the goals in the San Jose game. Mm -hmm. They still have 19 goals, which Mm -hmm. is still more than Florida, the Islanders, Anaheim, who we just talked about as a stock up team. Mm -hmm. They're... Goal differential is a minus two. Like mm-hmm. none of that points towards twenty seventh in the league. No, and and the thing is too. Like I keep coming back to, they're fifth in the NHL in expected goals against. So it's not like they're giving up a bunch yeah. either. It just, it seems like they're save percentage is fine. Like uh, yeah, yeah, it, uh, yeah. You know, four, someone's going to point out ten games in the season, man. It's only ten games, but yeah. we got to do this. What else do you want us to do right now? Yeah. Well, that's why I thought it was like we had to mention that it's a small sample size because you know sometimes the numbers the math isn't math and this early into the season and right now that's what it seems like for the penguins but based on their record alone you're right to point out that their stock is down because this is a pivotal year for this core you know they brought in kyle dubas to to fill in the gaps around the core because that's what he did in toronto and seemingly he did a pretty good job this offseason making some good additions and some key subtractions which help the team overall at least on paper so it's a key year this core isn't getting any younger they don't have any time to waste and they're playing like it that's the thing they're playing really well they're playing like they know it could be one of their last years so yeah anyway it's interesting penguins stock is down right now but i guess the conclusion of this conversation is you know we expect it to maybe go back up a little bit and level out at least 
and and be sort of a, a, a somewhere in the middle in in terms of stocks in the NHL. But yeah, so so we'll end on that. Last team we should talk about for a team whose stock is just in the absolute basement right now you know i was gonna make a chart but the line just went way off it way down below so i couldn't show it on the screen but it's the edmonton oilers man they're two eight and one for 31st in the nhl and if the san jose sharks didn't exist they would be dead last in the league i know that's a stupid comment but holy san jose is really bad they don't have a win yet this year but the edmonton oilers only have two and you know we saw today Jack Campbell placed on waivers. That's shocking, just based on the contract that he made. That it, you know the money that he makes on his contract. Not shocking when you're just evaluating his play because it's been horrendous. And Stuart Skinner hasn't been much better. Expect one of their good American League goalies to get the call up, whether it's Calvin Pickard or uh, Olivier Rodrigue. I know both of those guys have good numbers in the American League this year in a small sample. The American League. In a very small sample size. So I, if I'm betting on it, and I know this isn't like big picture stuff, but this is sort of nitty gritty right away, but that's okay. If I'm betting on it, I'm saying that I think Pickard will probably get the call. I haven't seen one way or the other, but I did see in Yahoo Fantasy that Pickard went from NA status to active. Mm. So well, I guess I, I mean the the guy has like what over a hundred games of actual NHL experience, you know. So if if I'm making the choice, if I'm the GM, if I'm Ken Holland, I'm probably going to call up the guy who has some experience, who's done it before, who might not be phased playing, you know, his first games in the NHL, and being told like, listen, if you if you play poorly. You're ruining another year for two of the best players in in the league. So that's a lot of pressure on a guy coming in. So I would say Pickard probably gets a call. But at this time on on Tuesday, November 7th, we don't know right now. But this team has just been absolutely spiraling, dude. But the thing is, like it kind of all does boil down to goaltending and to a lesser degree defending because they're still scoring a ton of goals. They're scoring seventh most in the NHL right now. They like they they have the seventh most goals for in all situations, and they're scoring below expected too. So they should have scored about ten more in the league, um, based on on their expected goals for. So it it's not the offense that's the problem. It's goaltending and defense. But I mean. A lot of the time, GMs don't really look at this kind of stuff. They look at what's the quickest, most efficient way to spark their team. And that could be a head coaching change, which has been rumored for the last few days after this poor start. So what are your thoughts on Edmonton 2-8-1? and one? Well, first of all, the rumors are you know strengthened when you see Woodcroft losing his mind in a game and getting and an ejection like that's probably some of the pressure leaking out uh and i don't know maybe that is the right move to make but again the team hasn't played too bad when it comes to the analytics the goaltending has been a major problem for them and my fantasy team uh i've got an absolute stud in thatcher demko but i also have Stuart skinner so that's not really worked out so far um but like you look at other stats that haven't been mentioned. I mean, this one has a lot to do with expected goals, but Fenwick, which is uh, the percentage share of unblocked shots in a game for them is second best in the league. So they're absolutely peppering the net and protecting their own at, at that, yet allowing a ton of goals due to poor goaltending and then not getting any goals from their bottom six. Have we heard this before from the Edmonton Oilers? <laughs> yeah. Except usually it's like bottom nine, but it's just I'm kind of so tired of the same old story with with Edmonton. And but they've they've got guys they've now. They've got guys now. That's the difference, right? Like they have, you know, Evander Kane was a big ad for them, and Connor Brown was supposed to be better, you know, as an addition to this team. Warren Fogle, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins had a hundred points just last year, and you know I'm not saying that he's the problem, but it just seems like they have guys. But those are all the top six. I, I, I guess. Yeah. I guess and that's... they haven't got anything from anyone else. 
depends how they spread it out but yeah you're you're right um i noticed that they were 14th in expected goals against meaning they're defending about average compared to other teams yet they're fourth in actual goals against like fourth last i mean like they've allowed the fourth most goals against their goaltending just hasn't been good enough i would hate to see jay woodcroft get fired for it but i guess and i heard this on the 32 thoughts podcast this is an old quote that's sort of been resurf resurfacing because of this team um you know before you fire a coach you owe that coach a trade and maybe it's not a trade that happens for a goaltending fix in Edmonton maybe it's just the call up but nevertheless you owe that coach a move and I I believe that as well you you owe him and you owe it to the team really to to try to do something before you fire the coach so maybe this is that something maybe a trades in the works you know like uh Allen in the the fantasy chat was talking about Jake Allen from Montreal going there. I don't know if I could see that happening, but there are goalies available around the league. You know, so Dan Vladar is another guy. That's where I was going to ask for your options. Yeah. Jeremy Swayman is playing on the one of the best teams yeah. ever in the Boston His, Bruins. To talk about stock, though, like you, you want to trade for one of the two best goalies in the league in both swayman and allmark from boston like what are they gonna ask for oh man if you're if you're ken holland though don't you just think whatever it costs it's worth it like for the next for the next two seasons or however many until mcdavid is up i think two more years you think mcdavid wants to sit there and continue to get death by a thousand cuts as he says what a quote man that is he he's he is done he is so fed up it's incredible and the thing is though like you kind of alluded to i feel like we've been having the same conversation about this team since he got there in 2015 the difference is you know over time they have won a few rounds they went to a final four they've been pretty good but it's just been the same issues over and over again. The bottom six scoring and the revolving door of goalies. Mm. No goal. What goalie has found success in Edmonton in the last 10 years that you can think of? <sighs> Mike Smith might have been the best one. Did you hear yourself? Yep. Mike I Smith. Respect Mike Smith. That guy had a hell of a career and played a long time, but. I don't think he's the glowing representation of success in goaltending. Yeah, Mike Smith, and he was like 40 when he was playing his best for this team. And then, so yeah, I mean, it just goes to show, man, that roster construction is, is everything. And speaking of that, like this defense group, is just not good enough. Like I know I, I mentioned the expected goals for against that is, is 14th in the league. So they're middle of the pack in terms of the expected goals that they're allowing, which isn't too bad. It seems like Woodcroft has them in a bit of a more defensive system, which is good. But if you just look at the personnel, like, you know, you've got nurse who makes too much money, but he's still a good defenseman, which so whatever, like contract is, aside from his play he's fine bouchard you expected more from but then you know you've got cody cc what do you really expect from him like it just seems like there are too many holes on that back end you know Ekholm was a really good ad but he's had a slow start to the year and he admitted it himself he says he thinks it's the worst start of his career so things just haven't been going well but case i wanted to ask you as we sort of wrap up on edmonton because their stock is is so down in the dumps right now it's in the absolute basement do you think this team can still make the playoffs does their stock have an opportunity to rise to where we thought it was going to be going into the season oh i think they can definitely still make the playoffs mcdavid is having a fine start to the season but he still hasn't even met mcdavid levels and that guy is enough to pull a team into the playoffs alone. So I think that goaltending will turn around. Stuart Skinner is maybe this is going to give him some confidence that he's really lacking that they're being like, hey, we made a decision. Mm-hmm. Like it's been between the two of you the last year and a half. 
we made the decision. You're the guy. We sent Jack Camel to Bakersfield. <laughs> like maybe that'll give him some confidence that he needs to, to start stopping the puck. I'm hoping for it. I think a lot of the guys are going to start clicking. And then the when we look at the advanced analytics, things are going to start evening out. So if things even out and then McDavid goes off, yeah, this team can still be in the playoffs. Even with him in the minors, Jack Campbell, that is, he's still going to cost like 3.7 or whatever it is against the cap. Like they're yeah, going they to save 1.4 million or something like that. Yeah. They're going to have to move that deal in the off season if he can't come back and, and be good, which is going to be impossible. How do you move that? You attach a, a first to it because you value the cap space more than more than the the draft capital. Yeah, Arizona is licking their lips, or I don't know, Chicago. Who's who's buying cap nowadays? Chicago could use a goalie, honestly. Him and Mrazek. There you go. That'd be a, a tandem on a Stanley Cup team two years ago. <laughs> I saw some comments on the Jack Campbell waiver post. One was um, that. Edmonton should trade for Peter Mrazek. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't do that. No. Oh, he's having a good start to the year. Okay, slow down. Like, first of all, I think statistically he was the worst goalie in the league last year. Was that the case? One of, and he's One a band aid. That's the thing. And he's also, that would like be Jack Campbell Light coming, taking a Toronto goalie who had brief success and taking him from Toronto. Uh, I know I, I can't hate on at Chicago anymore because I get yelled at. Um, <laughs> and then the other comment was, so how quickly does Toronto pick up Jack Campbell, break him back? I'm like, how are they going to do that with $5 how million? And how and why? That doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. And people. Yeah. Then people you can just trade Nylander now if that's the case. Yeah. Trade him for Cody Cece and reunite the group. Because Nylander deserves 10 million dollars he does honestly he does okay well i'm glad we talked about edmonton i feel like that was a team we absolutely had to talk about because they're canadian and because they've had such a tough start to the season relative to expectations but again i think the conclusion of this conversation about them is we expect them to be better once they get average goaltending two eight and one is ridiculous like that is not like like you know that's not what we expected at all obviously and that wasn't even like the floor of what we expected you know like it, it it's crazy that they're sitting in 31st right now in the league but you know all teams go through tough skids there's just happened to be at the start of the season and we expect them to get better so case if that's everything you have to say about teams uh with high stock and low stock then we'll wrap it up okay well thanks everyone for listening to episode 188 of the boys in the booth podcast and we will talk to you next week This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at patreon.com slash boysinthebooth.